This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. U.S. troops who are stationed in the Middle East have been attacked numerous times. U.S. officials have been helping Israel plan in advance of their ground invasion of Gaza. Conversely, France is sending aid to hospitals in the Gaza Strip through Egypt. Governor Gavin Newsom is visiting with Xi Jinping to talk about the climate. It's becoming more clear that Gavin Newsom plans to run for president in 2024 or 2028, so will he replace Biden as the Democratic nominee? Javier Malay will have a second chance to secure a majority when Argentina has a runoff election between Sergio Massa and Malay on November 19th. After accusing Sweden of harboring terrorists, Turkey has agreed to ratify Sweden's membership in NATO. The Five Eyes Alliance have reiterated their concerns about the CCP's threats to our ideas, our innovation, our economic security, and ultimately to our national security. The Kremlin has had to laugh off bizarre rumors that Putin has suffered numerous health issues, and even the rumor that Putin has been replaced by a body double. Okay, let's get into it. On Wednesday, U.S. officials confirmed that the United States-led coalition forces started live-fire exercises at bases in Iraq and Syria. The move comes after more than a dozen attacks in the past week have injured more than 20 American soldiers. According to Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder, who is the spokesman for the Department of Defense, U.S. troops who are positioned in the Middle East have been attacked 14 times. Ryder also confirmed that U.S. officials were helping Israeli officials to plan ahead of the expected ground invasion of the Gaza Strip. This included advice on mitigating civilian casualties. The task force that operates the mission in Iraq and Syria confirmed that ground exercises are being carried out to validate weapons systems and maintain crew proficiencies and readiness in the region. French President Emmanuel Macron also announced that France is going to send a Navy ship to bring aid to hospitals in the Gaza Strip. In addition, a French plane was sent to Egypt in order to deliver medical equipment via a convoy to Gaza. During his two-day trip to the Middle East, Macron visited Egypt on Wednesday. Macron's tour started with a visit to Israel to show solidarity and support for Israel. Later, Macron met with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas in the West Bank and with King Abdullah II in Jordan. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, had a surprise meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday. The trip by Newsom that was once regarded as routine has drawn attention. This is because the trip stands in sharp contrast to the United States and China dialogue in recent years. Newsom and Xi Jinping met in Beijing to discuss healthcare topics, but the main focus was on the climate and China's fentanyl exports. In fact, Newsom is on a week-long tour of China in order to push for climate cooperation. In his brief opening remarks ahead of his meeting with Wang Yi, China's top diplomat, Newsom said, I'm here in expectation as you suggest 
of turning the page, of renewing our friendship, and engaging on foundational and fundamental issues that will determine our collective faith in the future. After the meeting, Newsom concluded that his discussion about fentanyl with Xi Jinping was remarkably positive. He continued by saying the president was rather explicit about the desire to be even more specific in terms of what is needed in terms of calling out and identifying where these chemicals are going. It is widely speculated that Newsom will replace Biden as the Democratic nominee in the 2024 presidential race. Laura Loomer, who is an investigative journalist and a former operative at Project Veritas, wrote on X that today Gavin Newsom is in China for a surprise visit with Xi Jinping. Last week, Newsom traveled to Israel. Gavin Newsom is 100% running for president in 2024. The swap is taking place right before your eyes. The Democrats know Joe Biden can't be their nominee. Days before his trip to China, Newsom stopped in Israel to meet Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He also visited a hospital in Tel Aviv. In fact, Newsom's multiple diplomatic foreign meetings are a clear sign that Newsom is considering a presidential run in 2024 or 2028. Argentina's current economic minister, Sergio Massa, and the outspoken political challenger, Javier Millet, will face off in a presidential runoff on October 19th. In the October 22nd vote, Massa secured 36.7% of the popular vote, while Malay received 30%. Massa has ruled during the worst economic decline in Argentina in decades. Argentina is still facing a dire economic crisis. National inflation is currently near 140%. Low foreign currency reserves, a devalued currency, and high unemployment are affecting the Argentinians. After emerging victorious in the August primary, many Argentinians expected Malay to secure a landslide victory in the first round over the weekend. Malay, who is a political outsider and the head of the Freedom Advances Party, has attracted global attention because of the radical changes that he wants to make to save Argentina's economy, eliminating the nation's central bank cutting unnecessary government spending, and dumping the peso in favor of the U.S. dollar are some of the debated actions that he has promised. Malay remained unshaken by the election results and expressed hope by saying that Argentina would finally end its long-suffering relationship with Kirchnerism and the Peronist regime. Malay said two years ago, if we had been told that we would be competing with Kirchnerism for the presidency of the nation, we would not have believed it. We are facing a historic event. Malay noted that facing off with a legacy political party candidate is a truly historic achievement. The recent election also sparked a lot of reaction. Former Argentinian government official and analyst Fabian Calais expressed that the October 22nd election was the worst election for Peronism in many years. Calais noted that Argentinians have been steadily losing faith in their government and they are tired of constant scandals and broken promises from their elected officials. The disappointment was evident in the historically low voter turnout. Calais said 
that it was the lowest electoral participation since 1983. Evan Ellis, a Latin America analyst and professor at the U.S. Army War College, noted that Argentina's election is full of ironies. Ellis said, you could see a little more pro-West, a little less Putin embracing. In an ironic sort of way, it'll be a choice between fear of the future and the fears of the past. At the end of the day, he says that Argentinians will ultimately have to decide what they fear more, a known past with Massa or an unknown future with Malay. On Monday, Sweden moved one step closer to joining NATO. The move comes shortly after Turkish President Erdogan proposed a bill asking the parliament for approval to join NATO. Sweden's membership bid has already been ratified by 31 NATO nations. However, Turkey and Hungary have yet to do the same. Previously, Erdogan promised his NATO allies that he would introduce a bill to ratify Sweden's membership when Parliament reopened on October 1st. The bill was finally submitted on Monday. Prior to this, Turkey had cited accusations that Sweden was sheltering terrorists as a reason for the delay. Turkey said that Sweden needs to take more aggressive measures to crack down on the Kurdistan Workers' Party and the PKK militia. This needs to happen before Sweden's membership bid can be ratified. The PKK is considered a terrorist organization by Turkey, the US and the EU. Turkey's recent decision to ratify Sweden's membership was welcomed by NATO and Sweden. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg stated, I look forward to the speedy vote to ratify and to welcoming Sweden as a full NATO ally very soon. This will make the whole alliance stronger and more secure. Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson also wrote on X, glad to hear that Turkish President Erdogan has now handed over the ratification documents to the Turkish parliament. Now it remains for parliament to deal with the issue we look forward to becoming a member of NATO. In fact, after the U.S. agreed to allow Turkey to buy 40 new F-16 fighter jets and to modernization kits, Turkey retracted its decision to admit Sweden. Sweden has also signaled that it would help Turkey get admitted to the EU. So Sweden may follow Finland in becoming the next NATO member. Finland just joined NATO in April. The Five Eyes Alliance intelligence chiefs warned again that the Chinese Communist Party's espionage operations, including theft of intellectual property in technology and other trade secrets, pose significant threats to the West. In an interview with CBS News on October 22nd, intelligence leaders from the Five Eyes Alliance stated their concerns about the CCP's threats. The Five Eyes Alliance, which was founded after World War II, has five members, Australia, Canada, the United Kingdom, the United States, and New Zealand. FBI Director Christopher Wray said that the CCP is the defining threat of this generation. There is no country that presents a broader, more comprehensive threat to our ideas, our innovation, our economic security, and ultimately our national security. Ray noted that the CCP's spying operations could be seen in many fields, including agriculture, aviation, biotech, healthcare, robotics, and academic research. Ray also explained 
that the CCP has the biggest hacking program in the world by far, bigger than every other major nation combined. The CCP has stolen more of our personal and corporate data than every nation, big or small, combined. In September, the State Department revealed that the hackers linked to the CCP secretly breached thousands of U.S. government email accounts. In 2022, U.S. officials sounded the alarm about a Chinese agricultural company and its subsidiary, which is called Fufeng USA. Fufeng, which has ties to the CCP, bought hundreds of acres of farmland in Grand Forks, North Dakota. This is near Grand Forks Air Force Base. Guan Wei Energy Company, which is owned by Chinese billionaire Sun Guanxing, also has acquired up to 140,000 acres of farmland in the border town of Del Rio, and this farmland is next to Lachlan Air Force Base. There have been rumors circulating throughout Russian social media about Vladimir Putin using body doubles in order to hide his poor health. And now there are new rumors that Putin was found incapacitated in his bedroom on Sunday evening after suffering a cardiac arrest. The current allegations came from a Kremlin insider, supposedly, who posted it on Telegram. The post claimed security officers of Russian President Vladimir Putin, who were on duty at the residence, heard noise and sounds of falling coming from the president's bedroom. The post said two security officers immediately followed into the president's bedroom and saw Putin lying on the floor next to the bed and an overturned table with food and drinks. Putin convulsively arched while lying on the floor, rolling his eyes. According to the Telegram post, Putin was taken to a special medical facility built in the apartment where he underwent intensive care. The Telegram channel that posted the rumors is called General SVR. The owner of the channel claims to be a former major general in the Russian military who frequently posts under the alias Viktor Mikhailovich. In response, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said on Tuesday night that Vladimir Putin is in good health. Peskov stressed that Putin laughed off the rumor that he was recently crippled by a stroke and replaced with a body double. Peskov said everything is fine with him. This is absolutely another fake. This belongs to the category of absurd information hoaxes that a whole series of media discuss with enviable tenacity. This evokes nothing but a smile. It is said that posts on General SVR are sourced from a vast network of Kremlin contacts. There is no independent verification of who runs the channel or the veracity of its content, and the channel does not provide proof of its claims. There have been previous posts on General SVR that claim Putin was about to hand over power so that he could undergo cancer surgery. Earlier this month, General SVR also alleged that Putin was so ill that he sent a body double on his trip to Beijing to meet Xi Jinping. Russian analyst Valery Solovey also made a similar claim. As a result, 
there is speculation that General SVR is simply Solovey posting under a false name. The Kremlin has not verified any of these claims. Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.